afternoon, everybody. And everybody right now is the three of us. So that's... <laughs> All right. We're here. Oh, we're here. <laughs> the three of us are here. Um, Dorothy, I believe. Oh, actually, yeah, no, there's more. I'm, you know what? I'm learning as I go. There's 18 participants. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so now I have to begin with an apology. I'm sorry. It's taken, you know, I'm learning as I go. So um, anyway, everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I'm here in Toronto, sunny Toronto. And uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is uh, Dorothy Polarski, and I uh, have worked with the Archdiocese of Toronto in helping over 40 parishes start mothers' groups. We have an amazing team of volunteers um, running those mothers' groups. Now, not all of the mothers' groups have lasted. I think some of them um, have stopped, but others are flourishing. So uh, it's been an exciting, we're celebrating five years in our ministry. Yeah. I'm seeing some hellos here in the chat. Uh, Judith Juno says, hi, Dorothy. Hi, Judith. Vicenta says, hi, Dorothy. You're doing great. Yay. Don't you love when your friends sign up? <laughs> uh, also, Rema is our mother's group leader at um, St. Benedict Parish. So she's saying hello to all panelists. Hello to Vicenta. Uh, Claude, um, she's gone through the actual training, how to start a mother's group. She's now at St. David's Parish in Maple. Andrea Schreiber, all the way from Kitchener. Um, Roseanne Lista from Our Lady of Peace Parish. Amy Quinless, hello everybody. Oh, I'm so excited to see everybody here, yay! <laughs> uh, so uh, really, thank you all for joining us. Uh, it really pumps me up when I see the comments. Tell us what parish you're from. Um, say hello and all that great, wonderful stuff. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. Because if you didn't join us, <laughs> what would be the point, right? So thank you for joining us. It's fantastic that you're here. Um, we've been getting a lot of emails and a lot of feedback. We love hearing from you. So, you know, some people mentioned, Dorothy, half of you disappears <laughs> when you flip your arm. So we made some adjustments to that. Uh, some people are, uh, some moms are asking actually, can we have a nighttime group? Because, you know, I actually have to work during the day. And um, so some people have asked, and then other people have asked for specific topics. Some people are saying, you know, can we have a session on homeschooling? Can we have a session on this? We love hearing from you. All your feedback is gonna be acted on. Yes, we're gonna have a nighttime group. Um, oh, uh, from the Holy Family Church in Toronto, the Toronto Oratory, so that's great. Nelsie Lopez from Milton. So hello and welcome to all of you. Now, I'd like to begin today's session with a prayer. Um, and I'm gonna ask Anita to lead us in that prayer. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to be uh, gathered here today in this way. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. We thank you for the technology that allows us. Heavenly Father, we ask you now to come with your Holy Spirit, with all of your might and all of your power and every grace and blessing that you have for us, and just pour it upon us, Lord. Pour upon each and every one of us gathered remotely. Pray, Lord, that you would guide our hearts and our minds and lift them towards you. 
Cover us with your precious blood, Lord Jesus, and let nothing come between us and between this time together uh, in your presence. And Lord, we ask for the intercession of our mother, Mary, uh, that she would pray with us and place her mantle of protection upon each of us and upon our families as well. As we pray together, hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And for any of you that are mothers group leaders here, um, y'all know. Hi, Rita. She's a mothers group leader too. Uh, so uh, it's so uh, wonderful to see Rita here too. Fantastic. Um, so all the mothers group leaders know that uh, I am a big fan of praying for the mothers that are trying to get online. Um, because whenever we're trying to do something good for our Lord, there is always opposition and there's always Satan wagging his tail. And so we always um, just encourage mothers group leaders to pray before the meeting starts and to pray to um, St. Michael, praying for those women that right now are actually trying to get online. So Anita, could you lead us in the prayer of St. Michael? Yes. St. Michael, the Archangel, defend us in battle. We are protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl throughout this world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. The sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, just a little bit of a technical thing for those of you that are here, because um, I'm learning as I go as well. Um, and I'm going to actually ask um, Anita again. I'm sorry, I keep on asking. <laughs> I'm putting you to work. Uh, just the, the speaker view and the gallery view, because like some moms might know about, might not know about that. So right. I want to show people that there's a difference between that. So we're, we were still trying to figure this out and we don't know if it's just the panelists that have this um, option, but at the top right corner of the screen, um, there's a button that says speaker view and it also says when you click on it, it'll turn to gallery view. Now gallery view for us as the panelists means that each of the panelists are on the screen in equal size. So again, not 100% sure as listeners, um, as participants, if you'll have that same capability, but we invite you to just kind of play around with the different views. Um, it might make it easier for you to see us. It's only for the panelists, Judith says. Okay, oh, well, there we go. <laughs> we were going to test it and we didn't know how to well, do we it. Did, no. So we're, uh, we're so I think for them, they just see whoever's speaking, right? That's the big picture on the screen. So make sure you're smiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So make sure you're smiling. <laughs> so thank you very much. Um, uh, okay. Because Mother's Day is uh, coming up, I thought it might be a good idea uh, just for me to uh, also just share a quote with you, a quote that um, it just, when I read this, and it's actually out of uh, uh, this book, which is fading out, but there, now you see it, is by <laughs> Cardinal Mitzenthi. Um It's called The Mother. And any of you that know me know that I share this quote whenever I get the chance, and it's on the back of our ministry bookmark. So, um, the most important person on earth is a mother. 
She cannot claim the honor of having built Notre Dame Cathedral. She need not. She has built something more magnificent than any cathedral, a dwelling for an immortal soul. The tiny perfection of her baby's body the angels have not been blessed with such a grace. They cannot share in God's creative miracle to bring new saints to heaven. Only a human mother can. Mothers are closer to God, the creator, than any other creature. God joins forces with mothers in performing this act of creation. What on God's earth? is more glorious than being a mother. Every time I, every time I, I read that quote, it, it just it fills me with just a supernatural, yes, that is Cardinal, and said the Peggy was asking. So it, it just, it touches my heart and my soul when I meditate on it. So I wanted to, to share it with you. So why are we here, you know, in this crazy virtual world? Well, we're here today for three reasons. You know, of course, we want to talk a little bit about COVID and how everybody's coping and dealing with it because that's part of the thing that brought us here. Um, but we're here, you know, number one, to talk about different religious practices that um, Christina has, you know, practiced in her family, that Anita has practiced in her family. And we hope that you leave this session today and go, oh, I never thought of that. Never thought I might do that religious practice. Um, whenever I listen to other Catholic moms, I always think, gosh, they're holier than I am. Because <laughs> you, know? you learn you know, so much from other, other moms. So number one reason we're here is to identify a couple of new religious practices. Uh, number two reason that we're here is I want you to be too amazing awesome mothers. Um, Christina Zasovsky is a mother's group leader at All Saints Parish. She's a mother of eight children, 13 to 32, and she's going to tell you a little bit more about herself in just a minute. Anita, I'm like really lucky because she's uh, my son's godmother. Yay! <laughs> Yay! And uh, she is a stay-at-home mom of eight children, three to 18 years old. So you're going to get to meet them in uh, just a minute or two. So we're here to discuss different religious practices. We're here for you to meet and be inspired by um, two new moms. In, not, not two, they're not new moms, but two new moms in our virtual, our virtual uh, mother's group. And we're here also to pray with you, to encourage you, and we want you to know that you are not alone, okay? So, um, Anne D'Souza from St. Benedict's, thank you for joining us. Jen, Mother's Group leader, is actually from uh, Christ the King. Thank you for joining us. Kiara Obertino, oh, yay! I'm so glad that you made it. Uh, Kiara attended our How to Start a Mother's Group workshop. Uh, she's all in. She's committed. Just we need time and all that kind of stuff. So, fantastic that you're all here. So, Christina, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about yourself, just so that people can meet you, because I've been like doing all the... <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. Um, well, welcome, everyone. I am, as Dorothy said, I have eight children. I have um, three granddaughters as well. Um, 
the introduction Dorothy gave is just um, kind of humbling. Um, I never um, thought of myself as a very religious person or just super religious. You <laughs> sound like I was super religious and uh, a great mom. I think we all have our struggles as moms and um, everybody is moved by a whole, the Holy Spirit and their practices of the faith in the family will vary depending on you know what happens in the family even from day to day but um i think the most important thing is moms have to remember that um religious uh traditions and practices come from the mom um and possibly the dad too but the mom really has to nurture that just the same way she nurtures the children and um a lot of the uh, what I would say are like religious practices and traditions in my family came from my mom, my mom teaching me. So, um, so it's a beautiful thing. And, um, and if you want to know if you're going to be, um, if your children are going to be doing the religious practices that you're doing, well, if you're doing the ones that your mom did, then most likely your children will, it'll rub off on them. Yeah. And so it, it depends too on, <laughs> who you're married to it depends you know like if you're a single mom it depends like you know i i'm kind of blessed because i met my husband at the st michael's cathedral so like we're basically on the same page um you know but some moms their their husband is not practicing the faith and so i always pray an extra prayer for those moms um so you're also the board president as a volunteer at Fertility Care. Can you just tell us a little bit more about what Fertility Care is? Because I don't, like I know, but I don't know. You know so. yeah. Sure. So Fertility Care Toronto, uh, formerly called the Marguerite Bourgeois Family Centre, um, we teach um, fertility care with the Creighton model, which is um, a program developed by Dr. Hilgers from the States, from Creighton University. And it's following biomarkers um, to so uh, women can figure if they're um, at um, a time in their cycle when they can achieve pregnancy or avoid pregnancy. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of fantastic miracles associated with people that have actually worked with uh, fertility care, like people that were having actually trouble conceiving um, and got involved in your organization and learned a lot and actually started having lots of babies because yes. of their work, you know, so. Um. And, and also there's the aspect of the working with your, with your spouse, with your husband, the cooperative, the strengthening of the, uh, of your relationship with your husband, which um, is also a, a big part of, um, of motherhood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, for sure. With your husband. Yeah, so, you know, uh, you're a, a mother of eight. I, I know at one point, um, you know, you were a, a practicing pharmacist, and I know that also you uh, manage your husband's medical practice. And plus, you're a mother's group leader. <laughs> and, you know, I always say that these, uh, these, these beautiful women that I meet, they just manage to accomplish a supernatural amount of work, you know, so just praise God for all the work that you do. Um, Anita, um, <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about more about yourself? Sure. Um, well, again, happy to be here. My pleasure to be here and uh, sharing this time with you all. Uh, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have been home now for mm, almost 
half of my life. <laughs> so right after, right out of university, um, I was engaged. Uh, I was dating my now husband all through university. So right after we graduated, it was a done deal. We were engaged, married a year later. And um, we've had seven children. So our oldest is going to be 18 in a couple weeks. And uh, five girls, two boys. Um, and my youngest is three and a half. So um, it's been 18 years of, you know, diapers and toddlers and Play-Doh and painting and library programs and all the things that go with uh, small children. But we're now entering into this new phase where I've got my oldest daughter applying to universities. Um, we had to go and we actually took a drive to see what some of the universities look like around us because everything, all the... All the open houses were cancelled for March break when she, so she hadn't seen any of the universities and she has to respond so we're finding ourselves now I'm finding myself now as a mother of you know um, trying to help this adult child now kind of fly the nest and then I've got this little crazy little three and a half year old boy who keeps me very much on my toes so um, that's what my life looks like um, Michael and I are you know just your kind of average family living in Cambridge, Ontario, um, active in our parish. Uh, I have a degree from Franciscan University in theology. Um, I did a, a concentration in religious education, which has enabled me to, um, to teach the faith at the parish level. So many years of RCIA um, and some baptism prep, and then um, several mothers groups um, over the last 18 years that have kind of come and gone through the parish with, with kind of each pastor and every sort of phase that our parish has gone through. So um, yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell for now. <laughs> okay. Well, just a couple of things like, you know, for those of you out there that are thinking like, like I have two children, right? <laughs> and so, uh, and, and I know that sometimes I've been overwhelmed with, you know, uh, two children, but I really, really wanted to have uh, more. But because of a, a medical emergency and a medical crisis and a rare disease uh, called fibromuscular dysplasia, um, just a whole bunch of different things um, limited our family. But it was at that time, I feel that the mother's ministry was more deeply forged in my heart mm -hmm. because I'm like, do these mothers realize how precious the ability to have children is? Yeah. You know, I kept on saying to everyone, you know, have another baby. And if you don't want it, you can give it to me <laughs> because uh, having another child could have meant uh, the loss of my life, which affected our marriage. And it wasn't, uh, we went through, you know, a really, really tough time, but I see the two of you as having several things in common. Um, both of you, you know, like Christina, you know, you were a practicing, you know, pharmacist with a university degree. Anita, you know, you, you graduated from the Franciscan University of uh, Steubenville. You both have large families. Do you ever kind of, you know, do you ever kind of feel like, oh gosh, I shouldn't have had this large family. I could have been, you know, the director of pharmacy at, you know, Toronto General Hospital or, you know, no, I shouldn't have had, uh, you know, that this large family was a mistake and I should have pursued, you know, and do you ever have people kind of just confronting you? I'm like, well, why are, what's with all these kids, right? I just, I think it's kind of like you're two remarkable women 
And, um, you know, do you think you've developed your potential? And, you know, because women are so obsessed with succeeding potential. Um, so any thoughts? Um, maybe, Christina, I'm going to start. Sure. I, I, I did get um, a lot, not a lot, but there was some feedback to me when I decided to stay home and raise my children. So I worked part-time up until the time my second child was born. And um, yeah, and people would say to me, oh, did you, don't, don't you think your education was a waste? Um, and so, you know, you'd get those little seeds of doubt planted, but it always felt right to me to be home with my children. It just, I just had that little feeling. It was just the right thing. And, um, you know, and, and I was very fortunate to be in a position that, you know, financially, um, you know, I didn't have to go to work. So that kind of solidified it for sure that, you know, you're making the right decision. There's no financial need. Um, you really feel good about it. And besides, I never thought of an education as wasted. And to this day, I don't uh, view any education as a waste because you become that much more better a mother because you can not only teach them in one thing, but you can teach them in other things. You're a broader person. So it, it uh, is a positive all around. Yeah, no, for sure. How about, how about you, Anita? What's... I feel exactly the same way. Um, I, I guess for me, when I started my university career, I already had Michael in the sidelines and I knew I was going to marry him. So uh, I still went ahead with the degree and precisely because of that reason, as Christina says, I I saw it not just as an education, but as formation. Like for me, I mean, granted, there was also the added element of it being a Catholic university. So I had a lot of faith formation in there as well. Um, but, you know, the ideal university degree is meant to help a person uh, develop as, as a person, develop a, a way to think and the way to process the world around you and help you to develop your own worldview. So again, how can that be a waste when you spend the time and you spend the money to develop yourself um, intellectually, spiritually, and all the other ways, that's never a waste, right? And if anything, it, it only adds to your ability to parent well um, and to navigate the relationship with your spouse, um, to navigate all the different challenges of parenthood um, with, with all the small things and the big things. So for me specifically with a theology degree, I wasn't so much criticized for uh, staying home with it. I was criticized for even bothering with it because like, what are you going to do with a theology degree? You know, you're not going to be a priest. You're not going to whatever. And I thought, well, no, I'm not going there to become a priest or to come out with some kind of a job. I'm going there because I feel called, you know, to learn in that way and to um, grow, to just grow. So has my education benefited me in my life? Well, there's no question. I would do it all over again. Um, there's, there's no question that it benefited me in every way. And practically speaking, being able to use it at a parish level, obviously, and, and even more importantly, teaching my children the faith, um, kind of, you know, a very <laughs> under, uh, underestimated skill to have. Uh, but you know, anyone else who's had kids go through the school system with sacraments, there's a lot of questions and uh, it's nice to have the answers for my kids and to be able to push them further than maybe where their teachers are able to go with them. So uh, a lot of great things have come from that education and I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it differently if I had a choice. No, that's, uh, that's, no, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And, 
I guess the one thing I wanted to address and the one thing that I, I really, I, I love about the two of you um, is that you, you recognize, you know, your large family as a gift and your, you know, husbands as a blessing and a grace. Um, because for a while I know that, you know, after I, I got really sick and it became very clear that um, just for health reasons, um, you know, I went to talk to four different priests, maybe I'm supposed to get pregnant and not be a martyr, right? And they're like, no, 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 Dorothy, your first duty is to your living children. But whenever, you know, having two children, whenever I found out another woman was expecting or saw a family that had a larger family, I really grieved and I really mourned. And, you know, sometimes in delivering the, um, Dynamic Women of Faith Conference, people would say to me, Dorothy, no, you have no business, you know, running the conference. You know, you only have two children. You're not a good example of what it means to be a Catholic mother because you're not open to, you know, like, and so sometimes, you know, like, you know, I call them the long skirt ladies that are holier than thou, <laughs> that have the, you know, 25 children and kind of look at disdain because my children actually drink coke and watch tv <laughs> you know um I, I think it's important as, as catholic women that you know kind of we love each other where we are right and you know i recognize my two you know as a gift and you know not all women are called to have eight children and so i just i just wanted to throw that out there mm -hmm. i've gotten some like crazy women contact me i've had a lot of lovely women yeah. contact me but i've had some crazies too if I don't, if I can say, I mean, I think it goes both ways and I'm sure everybody who is participating here can say that regardless of the size of your family, if you're married and you're open to life, um, whether life has been gift, given to you and in how many times it has, it's hard. It's hard for all of us. So it's going to be hard for the woman who has two kids. It's going to be hard for the woman who has one kid. It's hard for the mom who has eight. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a silly thing to even start comparing lives and, you know, the working mom versus the stay at home mom and versus the, you know, mom who makes things at home to sell. Like we're all in this with the same heart, which is to love our kids and to give them the best that we can. Mm -hmm. um, so finding the ideal, you know, and, and being able to strive for it in each of our homes um, to the best of our ability. So, you know, Christina mentioned, um, you know, that financially it was, it was possible for her to stay home and that's great. So instead of, you know, begrudging her for that grace, just be like, awesome, you know, you know, great job, Christina. And uh, I find myself in the same situation. My husband has always been on the same page. Uh, like I said, right out of school, married, baby, you know, nine months later, and then every couple years since then. And um, great, you know, like, good for us. You know, do people think we're absolutely insane? Yes. Most people, <laughs> most people who see me drive around my 12 passenger van at the grocery store think I'm crazy and they have all kinds of nasty, you know, critical type of insulting things to say. But at the end of the day, you know, if we all love God and we're all doing our best, um, you know, I think we all just need to pat ourselves on the back and each other and say, you know, good job. Not, not how dare you only have two children. Cause yeah. I know moms who have two kids who are way more stressed out than I am with my seven right now. And that's because she's her and I'm me and our circumstances are different. 
you know, yeah. our support circles are different. So yeah, there's a beautiful comment here. Um, actually, Liz has come to my mother's group. Gosh, I don't know whether it's eight, nine years, but we, Liz and I met in kindergarten. <laughs> but uh, we worked in contact then. We met at Michael's, uh, no, not Michael, Monica's base, her, her daughter and my daughter played baseball. And we started chatting, where did you grow up? And then what, 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 what? Then I brought my kindergarten picture. Wow. Like, but uh, so Liz, she says, oh, it is very hard. I have two girls but I had three miscarriages and they were very draining um, uh, two before I even had my first. And so, you know, so we, we do need to look at other Catholic women with tender hearts, you know, with very, very tender hearts. So I'm, I've been hearing from a lot of women about how they're coping with, you know, COVID. Um, I've heard like the one woman say, I love COVID. I love how it slowed down my life. If someone asked me, you know, that everything could go back to normal tomorrow, I would say, no, 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 you know. And then I've heard the other kind of um, woman that has said, I have two kids, two and four. You know, my husband is a nurse. And so he has to isolate himself from the family. So now I am doing the cooking. I'm doing the cleaning, all of it. I can't go anywhere. I'm about to have a mental moment yeah. I'm so so stressed by this um where are you guys on this kind of continuum Christina how's it how's it going for you well um so I have five children living at home right now so three of my daughters are married so they're not with us but um I think you have to look at having the children home at all times as an opportunity everything is an opportunity um look at it as, uh, as a moment that the Holy Spirit is giving you to, to either sort things out or appreciate somebody more, um, cooperate more. It, it's an opportunity. We can't look at um, things that happen in our lives as, um, oh, like a curse or a, something like that. It's an opportunity. Everything is an opportunity. We could, you know, smile at somebody who looks like they're having a bad day or we could you know jump up to them and say oh is everything okay is everything okay no you should yeah there are opportunities we have to it's difficult for me to do that i i'm hardly ever that sensitive person but when i do remember <laughs> to be that way it's refreshing and the response back is just is is wonderful so we do have to um take that step to to remember that our interactions can lead to very positive things. So you're, you're, you're doing a lot of, I guess, cooking and cleaning with all those people at home. Well, actually, I have uh, one daughter who loves to cook, so she's very cooperative. Yeah. My, my eldest son is helping out a lot. Like, there are so many beautiful things that come out of it. And you do have to look at it as, uh, as a blessing, too. Oh, that's, you know, I'm, yeah. um, I've been really excited because you know, my son, Anita, your godson, maybe due to your prayers, uh, has been cooking dinner like awesome. times wow. a week, right? So, awesome. <laughs> very, very, very cool. <laughs> How about you, Anita? How's COVID life for you? You know what? I am both of the moms that you just described. So there's a line, there's a fine line that I walk and, um, you know, I would say now I've kind of crossed over to the more grateful for the time. So at the beginning, 
trying to get into a rhythm with um, everyone at home and the extra cooking, the extra mess, the extra noise, that, that did create some anxiety in me for sure. Um, but I, somewhere in there, and I'm sure it was just grace, I started to uh, look at it as an opportunity, as Christina is saying. And I just thought, okay, honestly, our world is insane. It was going to spin off its access. It was just so busy and so overly scheduled, overly stressful for most people, right? So I think, you know, for us in our family life, I realized when will we ever get this time again when everyone is forced to just stay home. Um, you know, you see cars in everyone's driveways when you go for a walk and the stores are empty, even on a Sunday now, right? Like it's just, it's beautiful. And it just feels like the whole world is taking a deep breath. So that's how I feel most of the time. But then yeah, some days I wake up and if anyone asks me for one more thing, <laughs> I'm gonna lose my mind. And they've, they've, even, they've even learned that term. They're like, mommy, are you gonna lose your mind now? <laughs> like, I, I say that too often. Um, yeah, because I, oh, or the other day I said, if I had a nickel for every time someone said mommy today, I would be rich. Like I am done, just go ask someone else. <laughs> so, you know, it goes both ways. Uh, Lots of walking. That's what I've been doing. I get out for walks with my husband when he's working from home for just a quick 15 minute on his lunch break um, or after dinner with the kids. But lots of fresh air, exercise. What else can we do? Yeah, I'm finding that it's really important to find a way to get out of the house. Right? Yeah. yeah. I find that my good days are good when. Uh, I actually get outside for a while. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm like, I've been home for a month and my house isn't perfectly clean. Yeah. <laughs> Strange, right? It didn't just happen. I used to think like, <laughs> if only I had more time. It's like, I have more time. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm having to face myself a little bit. It's like, okay. Yeah what's going on here I said sorry to interrupt I, but I said the same thing to Michael yesterday I said okay I, I've been home we've all been home for five weeks or however many weeks it's been why are there still random junk drawers in the house like shouldn't we have tackled those by now and he was you know bemoaning like oh the garden I haven't done anything I said but you know what we're spending so much time on each other like honestly I feel like there's memories that are being made here that otherwise would not have been happening um, so it kind of just, on one hand, keeping in mind, like to challenge ourselves and, and yes, there, there are things we can absolutely do now that we have more time, but also looking at it more as an opportunity for um, personal growth and uh, looking up to our Lord and saying, okay, you got my attention. Like, what are we really needing to do here uh, inside and not in the cupboards or the closets? So it's a balance, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, so... No, very, very, very true. I just wanted to uh, just flip over here to the side and say hello to some of the attendees. Hello, Ivana. I know she's one of the mother's group leaders at St. Gregory's Parish. Great to see you here, Ivana. Uh, Peggy, uh, well said, Anita. Amy, clapping for Anita. Um, uh, Vicenta, there's always pushback when we follow the whisper of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that true? Um, Peggy, again, no matter how many children we have or how close together they are, we as mothers all have challenges and tough times and we need each other's support. Yeah. So, um, and Judith Mazona, I know from uh, Richmond Hill, 
or maple or somewhere up there. I don't know if I got the tone right. Uh, she, she says, if you can't be kind, be quiet. Um, and a lot of people here love Bishop Barron. Uh, now, so, so hello all of you out there from home, joining us from your kitchen tables. And I know some of you are actually afraid to post. Don't be afraid, it's like really simple. Like watch me, I'll say hello. And then I'll, and then it's hello. <laughs> Don't worry, uh, it's fun. We, we love hearing from people. Um, now we wanna move into the religious practices. One thing, Christina, that's always kind of blown me away about you is this walk that you do to uh, Midland. Um, so tell us a little bit more about, you know, Midland. Tell us a little bit more about some of your religious practices. Well, the story of Midland and actually particularly Martyr Shrine um, is where um, my husband and I uh, were engaged. We announced our engagement there. And I have been going um, on pilgrimage, not necessarily walking pilgrimage to Midland, but since the earliest days of my life, since forever I can remember to Martyr Shrine, my family used to go for pilgrimage there every year from the time I was a child. And um, so it was actually very fitting that we announced our engagement um, at Martyr Shrine to our families. And, uh, and the, um, the Polish parishes, because um, I grew up in a, a Polish uh, cultural parish in Toronto, St. Casimir's, they organize uh, every year a walking pilgrimage to Midland. And um, actually, the person who introduced me to it was my mom. My mom was a pilgrim. She used to walk. And so she was the one who uh, encouraged me. And so I've gone um, nine, nine years. I've walked nine years. Um, so it's a beautiful uh, continuation of something that I was introduced to as, as a girl. Um, and um, yeah, and it's a practice that um, most of my children have done. So, um, yeah, so it was one of those, um, it's become almost a tradition. We try and do it, even if we don't do the walk, we will go to Martyr's Shrine. If we don't do the pilgrimage, we'll still uh, go to Martyr's Shrine. So it is a beautiful practice. And I know that um, the uh, Camino de Campostela is a big one these days that people are promoting that. But this is one that is in Canada. And I know there's one, a small one also to Captain Madeleine and it doesn't have to be walking, but you um, participate in other ways, but actually going to um, a site of, of, uh, of pilgrimage is, is a beautiful practice. Yeah, and sort of declaring, you know, that we're going on a family pilgrimage um, and, and introducing fun to it, right? So if there's a water park, you make sure you, you do that too. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of uh, Martyr Shrine. It's right on Georgian Bay. So you can always uh, find a beautiful beach on Georgian uh, Bay. Yeah, and, and so tell us a little bit more about a couple of your other kind of family uh, practices that kind of have helped pass down the faith. Um, well, one of the things that we participate through um, all Saints Parish is the Shrine of Our Lady that is um, done, um, started by the Heralds of the Gospel in which um, a picture of Our Lady of Fatima in a little shrine is brought to your home uh, one day a month. And as a family, you gather and you pray the rosary. 
So that's a beautiful one. And we actually do it on the 13th of every month, but now we're not doing it. The shrine isn't traveling um, from house to house, but it's also a beautiful um, religious practice um, that was developed, um, that I was introduced to and developed uh, through um, the parish. Um, another one that is a simple one that everyone can do is you can have um, novena prayers into your inbox or um, Bishop Barron also has um, like a, um, a talk every day that you can get on online. So there's some beautiful things that you can do. Um, sign up to an email list. Uh, PrayMoreNovenas.com is one that uh, a lot of members of our family do. My husband loves listening to Bishop Barron, so I'll often join into that. So there are beautiful opportunities, as well as um, attending Sunday Mass as a family, even with adult children, um, is nice. And it always is a beautiful thing for me when I see one of my daughters come with my granddaughters and their family um, to to mass and they come into the Make up not only one row but two rows right, That's right. <laughs> yeah. um, so um anita i'd love to hear i know that you said that you and michael were um you know during this time of, of covid that you know that we were talking about moms on different spectrums in terms of mm -hmm. how they're practicing their faith can you can you tell us a little bit about what how you guys are Sure. I'd love to share it because it's actually been a very uh, beautiful learning curve for us. So when, when masses were first sort of canceled in our area and the churches were closed, um, I sort of assumed that we would, you know, look for an online mass and watch it that way. And um, I think I did it a few times during the, the weekday masses. And when it came to the, you know, talking to my husband about the coming Sunday, he, he, um, he had listened to a few podcasts. He listens to a lot of uh, Catholic men podcasts. I don't even know what they are right off the top of my head. One of them is Catholic Stuff You Should Know and um, Catholic Gentlemen. And anyway, he really challenged the idea that maybe for us, where we're at with our kids' ages. So um, I, I will preface this by saying that maybe, you know, it won't work for everybody in every family the way it has for us. But um, his, his point to me was that maybe because we have such a range of ages in our home, including a three-year-old and an 18-year-old, that maybe just putting the TV on and watching the Mass wouldn't be as um, fruitful for us spiritually. So we kind of wrestled with that. I sort of challenged him. I said, well, I want to I participate in the Mass. I want to be with the other people watching the Mass. And, and he sort of challenged the idea that maybe just watching it wouldn't, isn't exactly the same as participating, which we all know. So he took it upon himself. And um, thank God, I will, you know, kudos to Michael. He is a very um, strong man in his faith. And he, he takes the leadership of the, the family's faith very seriously. So um, he took it upon himself to sort of develop our own paraliturgy on for that first Sunday. And essentially, he took all the readings of that Sunday. And, uh, you know, we had an opening prayer and then went through all the readings. And um, we did a spiritual communion prayer and then a rosary. Um, and it would be start with a song end with a song. So, you know, we would gather in the family room, we would light our candles and put our holy images out. Um, and then begin. But what was beautiful was that each of the kids had a part to play in that particular paraliturgy. So, you know, our seven-year-old was reading the petitions and um, all of the different kids were 
reading the different readings. So um, the first week or two, I'll say my teenagers kind of sat on the couch and were like, why can't we be like normal people and just watch mass? <laughs> and I said, well, we can. You can do that. You're more than welcome to watch it, but we're going to pray first this way as a family. Well, as the weeks have gone on, no one's complaining. There's no eye rolls. And what was particularly beautiful was to come up to Holy Week because then again, Michael and I are like, what do we do? How, how are we going to, how are we going to make this beautiful? Um, and we did, we went through each of the Triduum liturgies in that same way. So for Holy Thursday, I had set up a little sort of family altar where I put a, a bread, a little cup of grape juice, and um, I had a bucket and a, and a, you know, a pitcher of water and a towel. And, and we had prearranged a grouping of kids. And um, we went through all the, the readings and we washed each other's feet and all that kind of stuff on Holy Thursday. But uh, I'll just finish with how beautiful Holy Saturday was because our family's tradition has always been to go to the vigil mass. We've, uh, we've always had the tradition on Sunday morning to go to my mom's for Easter breakfast. So the vigil, my kids would tell you, is their favorite thing of all the whole year. Over Christmas, it's their, their most favorite celebration. Um, so we surprised them. We said, you guys go downstairs. Um, I had baked a carrot cake that day. That was tucked away. Um, and I just got every candle I could find in the family room. But we turned off all the lights. We put the three-year-old to bed because we know that three-year-olds don't need to be around for vigils with candles. <laughs> just being real, right? And um, we, we went through the whole Easter vigil liturgy in our own way. We did all the readings. Um, and when the lights came on, my oldest daughter lit all the candles. And we sang the Gloria. My seven-year-old rang some little bells off of a toy. Um, they loved it. And then after the liturgy was over, it was, okay, let's go to Catholic Cafe in the kitchen. And we broke open the cake and the chocolates and the wine and for the adults only. Uh, and I think, you know, to say, I, I think that they've, they've been loving these home liturgies. And Michael and I just two days ago on our walk said like, I, I, so I miss mass, but I, I think I'm going to miss this part a lot. And I, I kind of said, well, you know what, who says we have to give it up? I mean, you can go to Mass and then later on a Sunday do, you know, a condensed version of that prayer. But I, I think ultimately our takeaway was that COVID isn't going to keep us down. <laughs> and um, in that instead, of, instead of sort of um, feeling let down by the, you know, the fasting of the Eucharist and not being able to practice our faith in a communal way, um, we've sort of taken a next level of like, let's, let's grow as a family in this time. So um, but to your point, Dorothy, not everybody's in the same place. And I get that not every husband is going to take that lead. And I'm grateful that he does that because I don't think I have the mental clarity and focus to put together those liturgies. But he, he does a beautiful job. And, you know, I think my kids are going to really look back on this time with with actually gratitude and joy and, and think pretty, um, pretty special memories were made during this time. So and uh it's um uh, it's 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 just super uh, anita that you're not you're acknowledging that you know not every husband is gonna you know kind of take that role yeah. um and there, there's something that i think is as mothers you know all of us that are watching i see kind of like a bit of a theme here um a theme within a theme <laughs> you know but both of these moms that you're being inspired by right now got married when they were young right 
So, Christina, how old were you when you got married? I was 20 when I was married. You were 20, okay. And Anita, how old were you when you were married? 22. You were 22. And then, Christina, how old were you when you had your first? I was 22. You were 22? And Anita, how old were you when you had your first? 23. 23. <laughs> so, those of you that have daughters, right? You have a daughter right now and she's madly in love and she wants to get married, that's a good thing, yeah. right? Unless, of course, I I'm kind of, he's a drug addict. So I think that as mothers, you know, like for those of us that were kind of raised, you know, in the world of, you know, the feminist agenda and cosmopolitan and, you know, personally, you know, I was like, oh, but into the clubbing scene. And, and, and so we have to give our daughters permission to be in love and start families sooner and to, and to possibly encourage that, you know. Um, the, the other thing is to, is to, I always say this could be a different session, but there are certain conversations we need to have with our daughters that we're not having because we've been too busy. Right. You know, the, the conversation that my mom had with me all the time is marry a practicing Catholic. You know, they're used to suffering <laughs> and family life. There's going to be suffering. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you marry someone Catholic, he's also not going to fight you on, you know, baptism. He's not going to fight you on daily mass. And then when things get really, really tough in the marriage, because they will, you know, he might stay out of obedience to God, not because you're the best thing on earth, right? <laughs> and anyone that knows me knows I could be a handful. <laughs> um, so, you know, are we having that conversation with, with our daughters, right? Like um, one thing that kind of, like I, I know when I was a very young girl that all I ever want, you know, I, I, I grew up listening to Doris Day, right? And all I ever wanted to do, you know, okay, settle, settle, you know, and I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. But the culture was saying, no, 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 you've got to have a career. You have to have an education. You have to be sexy. You have to be fit, you know. And the, all the messages that were coming at me were in direct opposition to the messages my mother was trying to pass down. And so there was conflict because I had a strong personality. So... As mothers, we have to take ownership and, and tell our girls, it's crazy out there. And this is what you're going to hear from the culture. But here's what you're hearing from me. And you decide in the end, right? Because I, I know a lot of girls are thinking their moms don't know about the culture. And their moms don't know about how much fun you can have. you know. And so a lot of girls are leading double lives. And I always say, if I only got a dollar for every girl that I know is leading a double life, I'd be a millionaire, you know, like the goody two shoes at home, you know, and then on Instagram or, you know, and so to have a genuine, wholesome, loving, uh, interactive relationship with your daughter so that you can actually pass down this these beautiful truths, right? And well, like, what if your daughter wants to be a stay-at-home mother? 
Like we're, we're pushing them, you know, to get, and it's not bad to get a university education. I'm not, but, but sometimes we're pushing daughters down this track where maybe they don't even know about another track, mm -hmm. right? Um, so that's why we have calling all girls. Sorry, Anita, if I were to say to you, like, what does motherhood as a vocation mean? I know it's kind of an intense question. Ooh. <laughs> well, what does it mean, the vocation of motherhood? And you're, you're next to stand up think the about first, it. Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind when you ask me that is that it's, it's holistic for me. It, it takes absolutely every facet of my being to be a mother, um, which is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. So uh, on the first place, it is that I was born to be a mother all of us are born to be mothers. It's part of our feminine genius, whether we actually have biological children or not, it is within our makeup to be mothers. So um, because of that, that interior disposition to be a mother, every part of the way God created me is being used to be a mother. And I feel it every day, um, whether it's parenting the three-year-old or the 18-year-old, and I'm talking like physically challenging me, um, it's pushing the mirror closer and closer to my face to look at what are the things that are are my fault you know when someone I've said this before oh she's pushing my buttons and my spiritual director is like why do you have buttons and I'm like oh <laughs> so it's my fault again but it kind of is and that's the part of that's what grace is right so for me the vocation of motherhood is is living out that vocation and using every part of who I am, the physical part of it, you know, giving my body, breastfeeding, exhausted nights, barf in your face at 3 a.m., like all of it. Um, and that constant just putting your needs, and I don't mean in a, in a self-destructive way, but sacrificing your um, desire, your will for the better of your spouse and children. So um, again, when I say, you know, sacrificing your needs, I'm not talking about, you know, not taking care of yourself because that has to be done as well and that's for like a whole other day <laughs> how to take care of yourself when you're a mother but in a nutshell motherhood for me that vocation is all-encompassing and it's it's that gift it's something i was born with and i think if we actually live it out god gives us the grace for every little detail that we need there's i just want to to uh there's a a beautiful comment here by uh amy which i wanted to read I think we should encourage our daughters to find a spouse who is selfless and not easily angered, uh, a, a spouse who is kind and respectful. The Holy Spirit can convert hearts. My non-practicing husband is now practicing, thanks to God's grace. Um, and so, absolutely, um, everyone knows that one of my favorite prayers is the prayer to the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, you can have challenges being married to someone who's practicing. I know that, you know, my husband was a convert to Catholicism and I, you know, was raised in a Catholic family. So even though he's a practicing Catholic, our experience is different. And so, you know, it's kind of like I got the Polish factor happening. <laughs> um, okay, any other comments here? Um, uh, Martine says, I've always told my daughters that they can marry young, have kids, you can always get an education later, but our society is very negative towards young moms. Uh, it's true. Elsie says, uh, yes, our daughters should know that starting a family early 
is something good. Uh, it was not in my case, but hopefully it can be theirs. Um, Vicenta, we have to raise our daughters to be strong enough to discern the whispers of the Holy Spirit. Um, so yes, some beautiful, beautiful um, thoughts. Uh, and, and so Kiara's mentioning, oh, that she loves, you know, the mass at home because now her toddler can actually see things up close and what's yeah. happening and, and learning about it. So uh, Vicenta saying, wow, you guys have a beautiful domestic church. Caroline joined Glassell to all panelists. Truly a beautiful domestic church, Anita. What a wonderful idea. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's great to get all of this involvement. It's so cool. Uh, so Christina, what does the vocation of motherhood mean to you? Because we're on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. So what does it mean? That's right. Well, I think on a previous uh, webinar, I, I typed into the to the co uh, comments that uh, um, like a career uh, pays the bills, makes your life comfortable in the outward sense, but a vocation fulfills you from inside, like every aspect of your life, even if you're tired, but you still feel fulfilled, complete. And I think Anita used that word. So um, vocation is more of the complete picture. Um, that's the difference between your career and your vocation. Like a career, career and vocation could be the same thing. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for vocation, it's the thing that, you know, even though you don't want to do it, you know, wake up to a screaming child in the middle of the night, you're going to do it because, you know, it's what, what you're meant to do in, in, yeah, in God's plan. And, and every mom has those days where you don't want to do anything. Like <laughs> you've had enough or you're know, I'm like, physically yeah. exhausted or, you know, mentally drained, but um, the vocation in the vocation sense, you just, you just do it and you get, you know, keep, keep at it. Yeah. And I, I think too, my husband and I used to joke because, uh, you know, I, I did, I, I did, you know, do clubbing. And so, you know, part of my mother's vocation in the middle of the night was taking a taxi to a disco, dragging me down, right? And then when Monica got, you know, uh, into the clubbing scene, my husband, 24 hours, he was on call to pick up no matter where, right? And that was his vocation, his call. And so I would say that, you know, that God is calling us, right? Like God is calling us. He's calling us. He's calling us as mothers. He's calling us as fathers. And um, that there are, you know, like, I would say if children are a God-given gift, like if, if tomorrow you got a personal gift by some supernatural whatever from John St. John Paul the Great, and that this gift was destined to you, wouldn't you treat that gift with a tremendous amount of reverence? It's like, oh my gosh, this gift from heaven, how did it get to me? How did it, whatever, right? We would treat that gift, we wouldn't let anyone touch it, we would, we would fuss about it, right? This is mine, you know? And it's just like, sometimes we say that our children are a gift and we kind of puppet it, but then it's like our children are a gift from God, right? And wouldn't you treat a gift from God with particular, uh, with a particular understanding that you're going to be accountable for 
how you've treated them, right? Um, and, and anyway, I got to be careful. I go on too long. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh, but um, I, and, and so you know, here we are. You know, here we are. It's uh, it's it's three o'clock. I know that you know. Some people have said, oh, well, you know, can we pray the rosary? Can we pray the chaplet? Um, and, and, and maybe we can. We're not going to do it, you know, today. Uh, we've deliberately kept um, our, our, these meetings one hour so that there's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. And, uh, and that, you know, like sometimes my mother's group goes on for three hours, right? And people are like, <laughs> So I don't want to do that to, to you today, but we, we do want to hear from you. Um, send us an email. Um, I don't know if any of you know that we have now a 52-week study guide. So a plan for 52 meetings for mothers groups. Um, it was supposed to be launched at the Dynamic Women of Faith Conference. Uh, we couldn't launch it, but you know, here's my little launch. Uh, we also have a publication, uh, How to Start a Mother's Group. I have to tell you, I mailed um, or I shipped in a box the, the, the one on How to Start a Mother's Group to Kimberly Hahn because I was going to give her a gift when she was here. And I, I made the box, you know, beautiful, just like, you know, the little things with love. And she's like, can I get a box like that for my daughter and my two daughter-in-laws? What a beautiful, beautiful magazine. Um, and, you know, we've been trying to make our materials something that you kind of want to flip through and you want to relish in it. And so um, I hope you don't mind me making the little plug. Uh, please visit www.catholicmomsgroup.com. Um, pray to the Holy Spirit and, you know, maybe find, you can start a mother's group. You can do it. This is living proof. You know, I'm, I'm here as a coach for you. Um, we do provide all sorts of uh, support to mother's group leaders. Um, so, Christina, like, as we, I know one of my last meetings, someone said, Dorothy, you, like, you really ended abruptly. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so, I'm trying to do a graceful exit. <laughs> I'm learning, I'm learning. Christina, do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share with everyone that's here? Um, yeah, um, just um, that motherhood is a gift and that even though we're not always perfect at being mothers um it is who we are and just be open to reflecting on that maybe we're not always perfect and we don't have to be um i don't think any of us would say that our mothers were perfect but you know, look at the end result. You know, maybe we're not as bad as, you know, we think if we didn't have a perfect mom. And most people would say that their mom isn't perfect. So I'm very open to that, that I'm not perfect either. And I'm sure my kids are saying, oh, she's not perfect. So yeah, don't be so tough on yourself because, you know, even if you're not perfect, it's still something that God will work with. Mm -hmm. oh, that's beautiful. Um, Anita, any kind of 
Yeah, um, I, I want to speak to the moms who are in uh, crazy land, um, whether that's with uh, babies and toddlers, or maybe you're in crazy land because your teenagers are, are making you crazy. Um, I, I, I'm there. I've been there on and off for a while now. And um, there's definitely, I know that here I am, I got makeup, I look put together, but you know, half hour before we started, I was sweaty, ponytail, trying to just get my stuff together so I can be present here. So I want to say, I see you, I hear you, I get you, and you're not alone. Um, it is so hard being a mom in this day and age. Uh, our culture is working against us, especially if you're a mom that wants to lead your children in faith. If you're a mom that is swimming upstream and doing things a little differently, um, you feel alone and sometimes you look out your door and there's nobody out there and you don't see the moms and you just think, am I the only crazy person doing this? <laughs> you're not, you're not, you're not. And there's all so many days where I'd call my husband in tears and say, you have to come home. I can't, I can't even wait till six o'clock. I cannot do this anymore. And I want to cry thinking about it because it is that hard. So pick yourself up, make yourself a coffee, get off of this thing and then call a friend on zoom you know, I've, I've done that a couple times in the last five weeks. We're very isolated and it's going to make it harder for us, but it's not impossible. Um, I also popped in on a friend and socially distanced, dropped something off for her and stood at the bottom of her steps. Right, Amy? That's for Amy from this, right? And I just five minutes we talked and um, it really felt like a refreshing moment for moms just to see each other and be like, you got this. We're going to get through another day. So um, pat yourselves on the back, all of you moms out there, and we're in this together. Um, let's not forget, you know, we know our limits. Say no when you need to say no and pick up those uh, phone calls, phone people, and ask for that support right now if you need it because, um, yeah, we're all in this together. And prayer. <laughs> Make time for prayer, too. <laughs> That's a hard one. Have a quiet. Yeah. Um... I, I, I just I'm getting kind of goosebumps listening to, to both of you. I just I wanted to thank you, Christina. I wanted to thank you, Anita. I wanted to say hello, actually. Uh, Bojana Zambrovich is our mother's group leader at uh, St. Casimir's Church, and she hosts her mother's group in uh, Polish. Bojana, I keep on thinking we have to host a Polish Zoom meeting, and Christina can speak at it, right? Nice <laughs> to host a Polish Zoom meeting. Um, I, 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 sorry. I wanted to ask um, Anita, I have to look at your name there. Um, she, she's very talented. Her and her sister, Maya, actually just sing beautifully in harmony, but I'm going to, um, ask Anita to sing. She she uh, she's got such a beautiful, beautiful, soothing voice. And uh, I forgot that you asked me that. So I guess <laughs> it's in the acapella because I don't have my guitar here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Now. Okay. <laughs> <All right. clears throat> I'm going to dedicate this song to my mother, who one year ago has passed away, and this was the song I sang at my wedding reception. And this was the song she wanted me to sing when she was in her last hour. So if I can get through it without the tears, um, this is my prayer for her soul, but um, for all of us moms coming up to Mother's Day that Our Lady would just 
put a mantle of love around each of us and hold us in the way that we all need to be held right now as moms. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit exalts in God my Savior, for he has looked with mercy on my loneliness, and my name will be forever exalted for the mighty God has done great things for me and his mercies will reach from age to age and holy Holy, holy is his name. He has mercy in every generation. He has revealed his power and his glory. He has cast down the mighty in their arrogance and has lifted up the meek and the lowly. He has come to help his servant Israel. He remembers his promise to our fathers and holy, holy, holy is his name. Wow. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, um, Anita's uh, mom uh, is my first cousin and uh, incredible um, mentor to me, you know. Um, I think that all of us, you know, need women that we can look up to, right? And, uh, I mean myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and, and so, you know, um, anyway, I'm going to start crying too. And I've just been very, very grateful for your mother's matriarchy, right? We don't hear that word anymore. I want to resuscitate that word, the matriarchy. You know, like, let's make that our goal, right? <laughs> Is to have a vibrant and wholesome matriarchy. Like, um, so many beautiful, beautiful women that you and I, we don't know about. And so with the goal of our mother's group is 
to, to bring you role models, you know, like I know that every time I go to Christina's mother's group meeting, I'm kind of like so just wowed by her and I think, wow, she's an inspiring mom, she's an inspiring woman and it feeds me, right? And, uh, you know, and now, you know, like, I've known, I've known Anita since she was born. <laughs> we used to play a little game, like I'd throw a fork off the table anyway. <laughs> and, uh, and so now to see her, you know, grow up into this beautiful, you know, mother. And uh, my son Michael was uh, a ring boy. I don't know how old he was when he, he, he pawned, I don't know how old he was. 19 years ago. 19 years ago, he's 23, so let's do the math. And, uh, you know, my husband, I, he, he was something too, wasn't he? I keep on forgetting. MC. right. I'll never forget how uh, my son Michael surprised us, how we danced at that wedding. Your, your wedding was so much fun. We all just danced our brains out. It was uh, such a beautiful, beautiful wedding. Um, so we all need each other, you know, and we all... Uh, need to be lifted up in what we're trying to accomplish as mothers. Because I know when you walk out to the door or you walk out to the baseball diamond or you walk out to the dance class and all the mothers there aren't necessarily, you know, trying to do what we're doing, you know. Um, so thank you, Christina. Thank you, Anita. Thank you, uh, all of you who have shown up today. Uh, we wish you a happy, 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 happy Mother's Day. Um, we as a ministry love hearing from you. If any of you want to write a blog post on celebrating Mother's Day in COVID or anything, um, if you send us a sentence or two about your experience, it builds us up. And then I can forward on to Christina, I can forward it on to Anita, because, you know, we need to be encouraged because I'm sure Christina and Anita is like, okay, who out there was watching, but they didn't say anything. <laughs> so send me the emails and I can send them at info at catholicmomsgroup.com. I'll make sure that they get it. Um, thank you for tuning in. I know that uh, at the very beginning, we told all of the moms that we were gonna host three of these virtual meetings to see if you know what the response was like. And depending on that response, we would hold another so we've scheduled one more for next week uh, we'll continue um, so have a happy mother's day i've said i've taken 15 minutes to say goodbye so no happy one can choose god bless you all happy mother's day thank you dorothy thank you anita thank you justina thank you very much thank you for everybody thanks Bye.